This is WCM's Park Update, a weekly show covering the outdoor hospitality industry hosted by Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. During each episode, you'll hear from special guests and campground experts on topics that will help your park flourish. WCM's Park Update is a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Before we talk to this week's guest, we'll hear about the latest campground news and events from the past week. Hi, this is Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's Campground Magazine, and this is the news segment of our program where I highlight some of the top news stories found on woodallcm.com from this past week. Of course, Hurricane Ian stole most of the headlines as it made its destructive path up through Florida and also into the Carolinas and some other eastern states. It left millions without power, flooded out businesses and homes, and just created a lot of different types of destruction that are going to have to be cleaned up over the following months and maybe even years. Um, The storm luckily didn't impact too many RV parks and campgrounds, according to the Florida RV Park and Campground Association, who expected many many of its member parks that were impacted by the hurricane to be open here soon as power came back on. Also this week, Campgrounds of America Incorporated made several headlines as it honored Al Johnson with a Lifetime Achievement Award for his decades of work within the KOA system and as a park owner. Um, they also, the organization also named Brian Ellsmore as its new director of IT operations and also released its September report, which indicated that 28 million households are expected to camp that were expected to camp in September. Some of the other stories that were highlighted on WoodallCM.com this week include uh, a preview of the Glamping Show USA, which kicks off this week from October 3rd through the 5th and will be highlighted by over 100 vendors and 70 different structures which are going to be located outside of the conference venue. Other things that are going to be going on this week at the Glamping Show USA include educational sessions, there's going to be a number of different experiential events, and of course WCM will be there to cover everything. To get even more news and related industry information, you can always head to woodallcm.com, subscribe to our daily e-blasts, And also follow us on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook for even more information. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to another edition of WCM's Outdoor Hospitality Update. I'm Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's Campground Magazine, and of course, my esteemed colleague, Mike Gast. Everybody. Vice President of Communications at Campgrounds of America Incorporated. And uh, we're joined here today with two guests from Go RVing. I guess um, we have Sarah Neely and Courtney Bias. I believe I said that right, Courtney, right? Bias, yes. Okay, yes. See, I'm getting better. I always have trouble with names, so Mike can attest to that. Well, and Ben, I get to add to my title today then because I am also a, a I was a longtime former board member of, of Go RVing. So that was, that was something I got on the resume that I'm very proud of. That was, that was a fun time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, Sarah, Courtney, could you just tell us a little bit about what you do at GoRVing? Sure. Um, I'm the Director of Strategic Communications and Marketing for GoRVing. So I oversee um, all of our media plan and the strategy we put into our media dollars for our members and then how that trickles down to uh, the rest of the program and what we're doing and, and what Sarah does. Yes, and I'm the Senior Manager of Strategic Marketing and Data Analytics, 
So I manage a lot of the um, websites, the social media, the content strategy, but also the analytics aspects where we look at how our media is doing and how our content is doing and our social media is doing in real time. And then we can adjust our strategy on the fly and make some decisions based on that so that we're more and more effective. Yeah. And um, we've had Karen Redfern, the leader of GoRVing on the show before. Actually, I don't know if it was on this show, but I know on our previous iteration of the show, we had her on. And um, she said, you guys were like the go-to people. So she (laughs) said, Sarah, Courtney are the ones you want to talk to this time around. So no pressure. Somebody has to do the work. Yeah. No no pressure. Don't tell her I said that. No. It's like you and Sherman, Ben, you know, you do the work and Sherman takes the credit. Yeah. Sherman's in the background somewhere doing something. Um, So (laughs) guys, how long, how long is GoR being going now? I know you just had a recent anniversary with that. We did 25 years with um, GoR being, we uh, did a little rebrand this year did a little refresh of the logo to, you know, kind of bring it into, um, you know, what we're doing now and, and, you know, the work that we're doing and make sure, making sure that it reflects what we're we're working on so it's it's an updated font and you'll see the open road logo and we're really just trying to encourage people to get out there on the open road obviously in an rv yeah yeah i guess you know and i've looked at some of those we have some great examples in the office in elkhart indiana of some of the earlier iterations of what go RVing did and just some amazing posters and uh work that was done i guess how has go RVing evolved throughout the years to kind of push the message out that people should be RVing. I think it's really interesting to kind of look back on, on where we've been and where we are now and just how much has really changed. You know, the RVs are, aren't the same, but they're still, you know, that same concept and that same idea, but like how we market those has really changed even from when I started 15 years ago and where, you know, it was really a lot of that retiree market that we were talking to and families. Um, now families are still at our core, but we're looking at those those younger generations and making sure those younger, you know, outdoor oriented generations are really starting to think about how an RV can benefit, you know, their life. And especially now with this idea of work from anywhere and, and as they start their career path, they can take buy an RV and they can go explore and, and, you know, explore anywhere they want to go, but also take their office with them so that they're on the road and they don't have to be tied down and and I think back on like how this marketing program has evolved from, you know, television, print, billboards, radio, um, the BRC cards that you mailed back in, VHS tapes, CD-ROMs, you know, <laughs> and all that. And it's so it's so very digital. And I remember just over the years, like, you know, explaining how okay we're gonna you know launch a social media um, campaign, and there was this confusion of well, why would you do that? Well, it's free. It was then, um, not so much now, but like evolving that. So while we're still doing broadcast and we still do print, we're in radio, you know, so much of what we do for GoRVing and so much response that we get is from, you know, paid search and social media pieces and digital pieces and, you know, those short six second, 10 second, 15 second videos. So it's really evolved a lot, but, you know, that core message is still there. Like RVing is for everyone and anyone can do it. You can take it anywhere. If you don't like your backyard, you know, up and move and, and go somewhere else. Yeah. I know you guys have been responsible for introducing a lot of newbies into the RVing uh, lifestyle. And I guess that my question is the last couple of years, 
when there's been this huge influx of people coming in, do you feel it's still as vital as it used to be to to tell that gore being story? Even more so. Um, yeah, and, uh, Sarah, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to hand that one over to you. <laughs> no, I, I think what we saw um, whenever we looked at the last couple of years, you know, so many people still wanted to take these vacations, especially during COVID. And RVing was a way to do that safely. It was a way to salvage these summer plans that all these people had. Um, and then it was also this big rediscovery of the U.S. because a lot of people, you know, maybe had gotten away from these um, local trips. They would be going maybe to Europe or on cruises. And so you had a lot more people that were suddenly interested in the outdoors for the first time. And we've seen a lot of retention there. But what we also saw was a lot of people looking for advice on how to get started and what kind of things they should know before hitting the road, how to trip plan, how to set up their campsite, some of these really basic pieces that RVers already know how to do. So we kind of pivoted to this education aspect as well over the last two years. What is that education? I mean, you guys just do everything as far as like social media and video work, and you guys just work with a great team at a it looks like, I mean, you also have a lot of people out there doing RVing that you work with, right? Like these influencers, I guess, to try to get that message out. Definitely, you know, Go RVing is a very small team. There's only five of us, um, you know, who work um, exclusively on Go RVing. So it, it is a lot, but, you know, we have a lot of great partners that we work with to really, you know, all of these RVers who are already out on the road and, and understand that, and it's always been an interesting concept with go RVing because we're talking about RVs and the RV lifestyle, but we don't actually have any RVs. We can't just go out back and, you know, grab an RV and, and do all of these things. So we do rely a lot on influencers. We do rely a lot on our partners who are RVing to, to help us get that message out. But we, we, we have a lot of, of different tentacles going out um, everywhere. You know, I, I can remember uh, my time on the board and, and it, it was a big budget and it was a big budget for a lot of years, but there was also years when it got very lean because this is funded by, by the sale of RVs. So when lean times came, the budgets went down. I was always very impressed by what, uh, what the team was able to accomplish when, uh, when the budget all of a sudden went, went 60% under, you know, and f- from what was planned and the media bias had to change, the mix had to change. How do you, how do you make the best of what you have when, when uh, it, maybe I'll rephrase that and say, how do you target the right media? Uh, there's, you know, the, is it NASCAR? Is it, is it the fishing channels? What, what's the process you go through to really make sure you're getting the bang for the buck? Well, when we went to RFP in 2020, and like as the pandemic hit, we were hiring a new advertising agency and a new media buying agency. And, you know, our promise to our members was to be a data-driven marketer, to really start digging down as deep as we could into the data that we had available. So what we do is we look at, you know, once, once something runs, we go back and we look at the data. Was it, was it a good performer? Did it do really well for us? Were we hitting the right audiences? And we use you know, a full funnel approach to our advertising where we know we want to make sure everyone's aware, but we want to pull them as deep down into that buying funnel as, as possible. So that's how we really learn. That's, we go back, we study the data. If we had someone who didn't perform as well this last quarter, let's find someone, you know, a different partner that we can work with who's going to give us, you know, that really great value and hit those right audiences. So it's all about the data. 
and you're supplying you're supplying assets to those local dealerships also, right? They they can they can access the the photos and some of the videos to build their own advertising. You can talk about that a little bit too, and what's new there for our members. Yeah, um, we always have taggable TV spots to tie into some of these local campaigns. Um, right now, there's two in the portal, and so a dealer can can download those TV spots that we have created, and and they're go RVing ads. But at the end, there's that five second tag where they can say, "Come on down to our local dealership," you know, and the location information as well. But we also have a lot of B roll so that they can create their own messaging and their own campaigns based on the products that they're selling, based on where they're at. Um, tons of images that have been added to that. I think there's there's well over 250 images in there now for people. Um, and then we also have a lot of resources that are the market research that, that we're doing in our monthly trends research as well. So we want to make sure that everybody has all of this information so that they can reach their local markets in the best way that works for them. Yeah. We're seeing a we're seeing a lot of state and federal money being spent on outdoor recreation. I guess, you know, what's Gorvine's role in that? Do you guys do any advocacy work for the outdoor recreation industry as far as working with like the legislators and different things? Or are you mainly just focused on like marketing on the marketing end? I guess. We have a fantastic GA team that does all of our advocacy work and does a lot of work in that outdoor space with campgrounds, um, the uh, outdoor recreation roundtable uh, to secure those funds. So GoRVing really doesn't do a lot of advocacy work, but we certainly from a campground perspective, you know, try to educate about campground etiquette. We try to encourage folks to, you know, go out, think outside the box. You don't have to go to, you know, these really huge resorts. You can if you want to. There's smaller mom and pop places. There's off the beaten path places that you can go if you if you don't want to be in those huge crowds. So we certainly encourage, you know, that the, the campground aspect, but not on a legislative front. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've been hearing a lot recently, too, about like equity initiatives, like inclusive initiatives, uh, diversity, different things like that. What does that look like for GoRVing? Um, yeah, I guess that would be my question. What does that look like for GoRVing? Have you been doing any marketing on that front or working with any groups towards that end? Absolutely. And I'll start and then I'll pass it over to Sarah for some of this too. But when we, again, going back to data and looking what the census information looks like, we want to make sure that our advertising reflects you know, America. So when you look at our advertising, you are going to see a very diverse group. You're going to see from young to old, and you're going to see African-American and Hispanic and, and white people. And they're all going to be together because we want this message to be that RVing is for everyone. The outdoors are for everyone. And we want to encourage everyone to, to come together and, and embrace each other in the outdoors. So you'll see that in the work we do there. You'll see that in the work we do with our media partners, whether we're working with Essence or Q Digital and the LGBTQ space, we are making sure that our advertising that we're doing reflects our our commercials, we want to make sure it reflects America, but then we want to make sure when they come on to the GoRVing website, that journey doesn't end because I think that's very, very important and very crucial in the work that we're doing, that it doesn't end when they come to our website. So I'll let Sarah talk a little bit about what they're going to see, like once they come into GoRVing. And then, you know, also about encouraging our members to make sure, you know, that that message extends, you know, on their properties as well. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, one of the things that we looked for whenever we were going to RFP and with our media partners is making sure that th this would be authentic, that we wouldn't be trying to shoehorn ourselves into a space that we don't fit. And yep. there's so many people that are out there that are already RVing or that are wanting to RV or try it. Um, and the messages and the stories that we're telling are very authentic. And we're working with people who are already out there living that lifestyle. And we're partnering with media companies who are able to tell that within their own spaces, as well as on our website. So if we partner with a matador or an outside, you know, it's very authentic branding to their audience, but we also put it on our website as well. And so whenever we push something out through Essence and they end up on our website, they are going to see a lot of stories there that reflect them and where they can see themselves. And whenever I think of the kind of content that we're putting out there, it's it's really stories that resonate with so many different groups. It's not about just putting a black family on our website. It's about showing this experience of coming together and all of this fun you can have and this bonding and how it really improves your entire um, relationships with your family. And so we're, we're really doing a lot more than just showing these different diverse groups. We're looking at how they resonate across all of the different groups. and. Um, in the past, we've we've done a really big partnership with one of our um, partners, Brody Levin and Adam Clark, and we just finished that up. It was about 14 stories. And whenever we look back at all of the groups we were able to represent, including um, like a disabled person who was really active in the outdoor life, um, he's still mountain biking, he's still paragliding, um, introducing Black families, Hispanic families, and really making sure that these stories resonate. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have to take a short break um, to let our sponsor, our sponsor has a short message, but we'll be right back. WCM's Park Update is being brought to you by Woodall's Campground Magazine. For over five decades, Woodall's Campground Magazine has aimed to provide park owners and operators with the relevant industry news they need to run their businesses more efficiently. As times have changed, so has Woodall's Campground Magazine. Besides just its print publication, which is distributed to more than 14,000 industry professionals every month, the magazine also reaches readers through its various social media platforms, including Facebook at Woodall CM, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Woodall's Campground Magazine also offers a daily e-blast, which highlights the top news from the industry. The best part? Everything we do is advertiser-supported and free to our readers. As the outdoor hospitality industry continues to grow at a rapid pace, it is important to stay up to date on trends and other relevant news. Subscribe to Woodall's Campground Magazine at woodallscm.com. All right, we're back with WCM's Outdoor Hospitality Update, and um, we were just talking about diversity, inclusion in the outdoor recreation space, and it's just amazing how many people we talk to here at WCM that have just been focused on some of those initiatives and it's been great to see. And I know Mike and I would love to do some more shows like that down the road. And I think we're working on getting some different guests, but um, I think, you know, what you guys have been doing at GoRV and you guys have worked with um, Black Folks Camp too, correct? Correct. Yes, we did, did a great education series with Earl um, that is available to our industry partners on the industry portal. 
Yeah, I mean, Earl does some great work. I, we've had him on the show before, and I've done some articles with him, and just the outreach he does is amazing um, through that organization as well. But it's amazing um, just every year when Campgrounds of America comes out with their North American Camping Report, it's just amazing to see the diversity numbers continue to increase. And we're even seeing more people on the park owner side as well. So definitely being able to capture more diversity in our messaging is very important. So, um, so ladies, how do you how do you measure success for the Go RVing program in, in diversity and everything else? Is there a, is there some metrics that you use, Sarah, to to say that boy that program really worked or that clicked? Uh, I think the biggest thing is we we just have to look at the data that we see from our media partners, you know, was this clicked? Was there engagement on this? Did they end up on the website and did they get there and did they immediately leave or did they get there and did they start to click around, maybe go to find a dealer, look at some other things on the site? Um, those are the kinds of things that we look at with social media and on the website to make sure that the message is really hitting our audience in a way that, that works for them. Any concern that because because of the the lack of equipment the last the and, and the what the what the plants have gone through any concern that you're you're pushing too hard and people that want to go RV and can't find one? You know, we pulled back a lot on advertising um, in, in 2020 and 2021. We really pulled back those budgets because we knew that there was we, we knew we still needed to be a part of the conversation. We wanted to be a consideration for people who were considering travel. But we didn't want to overly push RVing either because we knew that there were issues, um, you know, getting that supply chain back up, getting those RVs on dealer lots. So we really did pull back a lot. But again, trying to make sure we were in that travel consideration set and making sure that what we were doing was still interesting people. Maybe they weren't ready to, to pull the trigger on that right then. And maybe we just have them thinking about it down the road in the next year, two years or so. So we did a lot of that work. We also did a lot of retention work the last two years. So all of those new buyers that were coming in because all of their other options for vacation travel were canceled and they were going and buying an RV. We wanted to make sure they kept that RV, that it wasn't just this one-time vacation purchase and that they weren't just going to automatically turn around and start selling them on the used market and, and really, you know, oversaturating that used market, you know, in the years to come. So what we look at from an advertising standpoint is both recruit and retain and for our retain, we talk about one more weekend. What can we do? Um, how can we speak to current owners to get them to take one more weekend in that RV? And they take that one more weekend and what's that next one more weekend? Um, you know, an RV is a, a, about more than just going to a campground. I think, you know, going to campground is really great because there's so many activities for you, for your kids, you know, no matter your age or your interests, but really the RV is the base camp for any adventure. You can go you know, winter um, RVing, if you like to go skiing or snowboarding, take your kids there. If you want to just chase 70 degrees all year round, you can do that too. You can start out, you know, in Maine this time of year and then work your way south and out west. And so there's so many different ways to use that beyond just a campground or beyond even just tailgating um, during football season. So that's really what we've been focused on are those itineraries and, and getting people to, to think about the different ways they can use that RV and not just sell it and move on. So how is, how is the advent of peer-to-peer -peer, uh, RV rentals, how has that changed what you do? You know, I, I, I don't, think I, it, go ahead, go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> um, I, I think it makes it easier for, for us to push that message of try before you buy. 
I mean, a lot of people that are just getting started, they don't know what floor plan is going to work for them. They don't know if they want a C or an A, or if they want a light travel trailer, if they need a bigger fifth wheel. Um, I think it just really allows people to try a lot of different options out there, make sure they like it before they really pull the trigger. And um, we, we say internally, you know, we, we see it as, as their gateway drug to this experience. You know, try it and get them hooked on RVing and show them how great it can be. And um, so the peer-to-peer the -peer, um, networking portion of this, I think, is pretty important at this stage with consumers wanting to try now. And I think for a long time for go RVing, like the, the, the R word, the rental word was, was just very taboo for us. And we had a lot of great rental companies that were our members and it, but it was kind of a little difficult to really get an idea of RVing when you could only run a motorhome. And so I think that peer to peer idea really opened up the entire world of RVing for those who really didn't know if they needed a, a motorhome or if they were going to go for a travel trailer, but they didn't really want to commit to a tow vehicle unless they really knew that they were interested in, in a travel trailer. So I think it's really helped us over the years. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, you know, WCM works in the campground sector. Um, and I know in the past, campground owners have, you know, mentioned, you know, like a disconnect between the RV industry and in the campground industry. Um, but it seems like that's, you know, getting better. RVIA is definitely taking large leaps in that. Everybody seems to be working really well together. Now, I guess, you know, how does Go RVing, you know, share that message? I know you guys are focused a lot on the actual experience of RVing, but is there any way, you know, how does the market for the, yeah, man, I'm not making a lot of sense. How does the market... <laughs> How does the marketing for campgrounds get into that message too? I know there's a lot of overcrowding at some campgrounds and different things like that. Is there any messaging for like the actual campgrounds or RV parks that are that's in your marketing or anything? Or is it mainly focused on just the RVing experience? I wouldn't say it's necessarily anything that's specific just to campgrounds. Yeah. I think we talk a lot about, you know, choosing campgrounds. Um, you know, we, we talk about education at campgrounds and, and, and that etiquette, especially for newbies who are coming in who really don't understand that you don't just walk through someone's yard, you know, their campsite. So we have a lot of education around that. But we also, you know, when we're looking at media partners, and a lot of times what happens with media is they, they all think big, they all think national parks, it's Yellowstone, it's Yosemite, it's all of these. But what we try to do is really encourage people to look at their own backyard. Is there a campground that's near near your home that's with a one within a one hour drive? And that's that one more weekend where you learn to explore your own backyard. And, and I know that there's a lot of talk about overcrowding at campgrounds. And I think a lot of that centers around those really big areas. But I was, you know, staying in a, a treehouse cabin with my kids last week um, in West Virginia in the Northern Panhandle. And there was a beautiful RV park there and maybe three RVs and, you know, a good 50 to hundred empty sites. So I think it's encouraging for us, it's encouraging people to think outside the box and, and think, you know, stop thinking about just national parks. Think about your state parks. Think about your local campgrounds. Think about those one tank trips that you can take. And I think that's really our messaging for campgrounds. Um, and, and with so many campgrounds there, it's hard to, you know, name them all individually. So I think that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the easiest and best way for us to try to encourage more campground days. I know Karen and I used to go around and around with uh, with photo shoots on campgrounds because it was 
there was a lot for you guys to do with the with the budgets you had. There was a lot of of different imagery that had to be created, and campgrounds. Uh, it always felt, of course, I was the business I was in, but it always felt like it was hard to get the proper look for a camp for a commercial campground uh, in that imagery. And I think it's gotten a lot better in, in recent years because I think campgrounds have kind of met them in the middle. I think there's a lot more uh, luxury to camping now that, that in, in your typical commercial campground you, you, you've got the super sites you've got the patio sites you've got mm -hmm. things that uh, people can really go off and do and I, I know uh in, in the past uh, i was i could be critical of the meetings where uh you know the imagery off, off of a campground really didn't look much like the what people were really going to experience when they got there but i think that's come a, a long way to being more uh, a little bit more real and uh certainly is a challenge when when the parks are 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 full up midweek now so it's got to be uh it's got to be telling the the bigger story and telling the that boondocking is okay done done correctly and there's a lot of education to do to make sure that they're doing boondocking correctly and some of these other uh other avenues that people have uh to camp outside of of commercial camping and and doing a state park right because they're so uneven as you go around the country and but with with the new investment that's coming in on the federal side, hopefully that that will help out. But uh, I think I think camp the the campground story is being told a little bit better than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And Mike, you you hit the the nail on the head a little bit. We actually are pushing a campground series right now with um, Jeremy Puglisi from the RV Atlas, um, and he's doing a series specifically on this. And it's it's where to camp and his tips. And some of the things he covers are beach camping, boondocking is one, and how to go boondocking safely and correctly, uh, making sure that you check that the public land is okay to camp on. Um, and then, of course, resort, uh, state campgrounds, really just hitting eight different kinds of camping experiences that aren't just these really big national parks that people think of whenever they think of RVing. Yeah, not everybody can park on the sand of the Pacific Ocean in California. Right. I mean, it's right, <laughs> and and so you, you want to meet that. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to meet reality, and you want and you want to meet the expectations. And I think yes. that that's my point. I guess is that the the campgrounds have risen a little bit to help mm -hmm. meet the expectations of campers, and I think the the Gora being story is now more in line with that. Does um. You know, we've been hearing about these workers, you know, they work from the road now, uh, people remote working a lot more often. What does, does GoRVing do anything to kind of entice that kind of lifestyle too, where you're working from the road? Yeah, we do have messaging that talks about working from anywhere, working from the road, even road schooling as well within the past couple of years yeah. and the ability to do that. Um, we've even started talking about some of the tools that you might want to have on the road to make it easier uh, we get a lot of questions about Wi-Fi on the road, yeah. um, mail, like where do you have your mail sent, things like this. And so we, we've started to get into how do you work from the road to take that extended vacation um, and do that effectively. What about on the EV side? Have you guys done anything with like a EV RVing? I know there's not a lot of that going on yet but is that down the road is that something you guys keep an eye on for down the road most definitely and i think if you follow our our marketing minute and our trends report we've we've spoken a lot about evs and and what that's going to look like down the road you know we we talked about it years ago when winnebago brought that first hybrid um, yeah. type a motorhome um, to louisville for the trade show and 
I think we all kind of laughed about it thinking, well, there's no way this is ever going to happen. This is never going to be a reality. But when, when you start looking now and you looked at, at what happened in Tampa earlier this year with, you know, the travel trailers with, with those EV capabilities, and you're looking at, you know, the Ford F-150, one of the most popular tow vehicles, um, you know, in the U.S. and, and having that electric version, I think we can't just put our, you know, head under the rug and, and think it's not going to happen. Obviously, there's a lot of infrastructure work that has to happen, you know, in order for us to really talk about always towing with an electric vehicle, but it's, it's in our minds, you know, it's something we discuss internally a lot, and we're going to have to kind of see how the next year or two goes and what that progression is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, well, I think that's all the time we have. So um, thank you, Courtney and Sarah for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, make sure to say hi to Karen for Mike and I. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike, it was good to see you. Good to see you guys again. Well, uh, thank you so much. And thanks everyone for watching. And we hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to WCM's Park Update, a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Join us for a new show each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for daily news and updates, and subscribe to our news feed on our website at woodallscm.com. Show hosts are Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. Executive producers Rick Kessler and Alex Burkett. Copyright 2022, G&G Media Group.